May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. How's your faith? Good? Strong? So you never find yourself worrying or complaining. Your life is one big demonstration of God's love. There's no fear. There's no doubt. I hope so. But if you're anything like me, you can probably think of some places where where your faith isn't necessarily shining so brightly or, or leading. You can probably think of, of places where your faith could use a little strengthening. True? We're in this series where we're praying, Lord, increase our faith. And each week we're seeing another way that God does that. Today, God's word for us points to what prayer the practice of prayer, the struggle of prayer has to do with that. And, and so today we pray, Lord, increase our faith, and he does. The Lord increases our faith. He gives us confidence. That's what our, our text from 1 John 5, print if you're in the bulletin there, that's what it's talking about, that confidence that he gives us. And notice how John highlights what prayer has to do with it. <clears throat> We've been hearing about prayer in all of our readings, right? In the Old Testament, Jacob wrestled with God in prayer. He, he demanded his blessing. He refused to let go until God gave him that blessing. In the gospel, Jesus told the story about that woman with her persistent petitions to the unjust judge. How she just bugged him into action. And Jesus said, we should be like that. Like a dog with a bone, refusing to let go. Not quite the, the soft and kind and gentle picture I think we usually associate with prayer, right? Well, prayer is a, is a wrestling match, a battle, a struggle. As we hold God to his promises, as he gives us the strength to hold on to him. Ultimately, that's what prayer is all about. It's not really even necessarily about what we pray for so much as it is about the why and the how. And the what then flows from that. I know I'm throwing a whole lot on you right here up front. So, so let's, let's back up and, and walk our way through this text and, and see what God's word has to say. This is the beginning of John's conclusion to his letter that he's writing to strengthen the, the faith of and, and, and to give confidence to these believers who were dealing with some false teachers that were telling them that they needed more than what John had given them. They needed more knowledge, more wisdom, more works, more. And so you can see that, that John's writing to us too. Because Satan has not given up on that temptation to make us think that there's got to be something more. Look at how our text starts. Verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This letter that John had written about the completeness 
of who Jesus was and what he had done for them. He says he wrote it so that you know that you have eternal life. That's what God's word does. It causes you to know, without a shadow of a doubt, to know that you have eternal life. Like, like we learned in the children's sermon, the song doesn't go, Jesus loves me, this I think. Jesus loves me, this I wish. We know it. Why? For the Bible tells me so. That's what God's word does. So if you ever find yourself walking around without that absolute confidence, if you look at your life and you, and you can see some places where maybe more doubt than faith is showing, where, where worry instead of trust is there, ask yourself why. <clears throat> Let me put it this way. Let's say you go to the doctor. And you tell the doctor, okay, doc, here's what's wrong. Here's what's bugging me. Here's the problem. Here's, what, here's, what, here's what's wrong. And the doctor does his exam, and he asks you the questions, and he does some tests. And then at the end of the appointment, he comes up to you, and he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm writing this prescription for you. I want you to fill this immediately. Start taking it today. You're going to take it twice a day for the next week. And here's this piece of paper with, with instructions for these exercises I want you to do. All right, you're going to do these exercises three times a day for the, for the next week. And then here's a list of some foods you should avoid and some foods that you should eat. Okay, so you do this for a week. Come back next week and we'll see how things are going. Right, so you, you get in your car and you drive home right past the pharmacy. You didn't really feel like picking up the, the prescription. And, and then as you get out of your car to, to go into the house, you, you drop that piece of paper with the exercises and diet on it. And, and well... It's all the way down there to pick it up. That would almost be like exercise to pick it up. So you, you leave it there, it blows away, and you walk into the house. Long story short, you don't do anything that the doctor told you to do. You go back to the doctor the next week. Hey, doctor, it's not better. What gives? You see where I'm going with that? The solution was, was right there. You just, you just didn't do it. So you see what I'm saying here? You see what John's? saying to do read his word study his word that that thing that gives you faith is right here it's right here this is what we do as, as a church to grow in his word he gave us this to increase our faith to make us know that we have eternal life and notice he didn't say to know that we will have eternal life but to know that we have eternal life. It is already ours. How? Well, because, it's what he said, we believe in the name of the Son of God. Remember that, that word name refers to everything that God has revealed to us about him. So we know we have eternal life because we know that Jesus came to live that perfect life in our place. We know that Jesus died to pay for our sins. We know that he has given us heaven. The kids sing it so simply. Jesus loves me, he who died. Heaven's gates to open wide. Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. That, that's the first part. The Lord increases our faith. He gives us confidence to know that we have eternal life through the word. All right, so, so now look at the second part. 
the Lord increases our faith, he gives us confidence to approach God. There in verse 14 there, you have Paul saying that we get to approach God with confidence. And the Greek word for approach there is actually more striking than that. Literally, it means that we have confidence to be face-to-face with God. I think of those uh, MMA fighters or professional boxers, you know, before they have the, the match, there's always the weigh-in, right? And, and they each get up on the scale, see what they weigh. But the big part of the weigh-in, the thing that they always take the pictures of, is, is when, they, when they get there and, and they stand face-to-face, right? I mean, they're, they're as close as possible, nose to nose, and they're all puffed up and, and flexing, you know, trying to intimidate the other one, showing how much they want to tear the other one apart. That's the picture, face-to-face, Can you imagine doing that with God? Jacob, in our Old Testament lesson, was wrestling with God. Can you imagine yourself doing that? Lord, increase our faith, right? So how could we possibly think that we can be face-to-face with God? Well, that that goes back to where Paul started again, right? Because we believe in the name of the Son of God. Jesus came to go face-to-face with all of God's wrath. So that when we go face to face with God, it isn't in anger, it's in love. He was completely pummeled in that matchup with sin and death so that he could defeat it for us. So that we can be face to face with God. We can approach God knowing that he loves us. Not that he's going to punish us because we believe in the name of the Son of God. He's done all of that. And then he says, knowing that if we ask anything, he hears us. So you've got the second part. The Lord increases our faith. He gives us confidence to be face-to-face with God. And then look at the next verse. The Lord increases our faith. He gives us confidence that God answers our prayers. Look at verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask... We know that we have what we asked of him. Talk about confidence. Whatever we ask. And notice he says, we know that that we have what we asked of him. Not that we will have, but we already have it. Have you ever noticed that in the Lord's Prayer? You know, the disciples said, teach us to pray. Jesus says, here's how you can pray. And he gave us a prayer that we can pray. Notice how when we're praying for those things, we're speaking as if we already have them, right? Give us daily bread. We don't say give us some daily bread. We give, say give us this day our daily bread. It's already ours. We're just holding God to his promises. We're wrestling with God. We're, we're exercising our faith. We have whatever we ask. Let's be real. Is that how you always view your prayer life? You get whatever you ask, you hear me say. And and is there that little voice in the back of your head saying, wait a second, that's not how it works. I think there are are, are two big misconceptions about prayer that that we fall into. And they both flow from the same vein. The, The first is that our prayers are so that we can let God know, so that God can find out what we want, what's on our heart. Right? In other words, prayer is something that we are, are doing for God to inform him, to praise him, to, to, to let him know what we're thinking. 
realize that's misunderstanding who God is, right? God is omniscient. He knows all. He knows everything we asked and everything we didn't ask for. He, he knows what we were thinking without us having to tell him. It's just in prayer, he wants us to be thinking about them, about those things, in reference to him. Right? As, as we pray, remembering who he is for us. Remembering what he has promised to us. And so then when we pray, remembering him, and, and trusting that, that his will for us is, is awesome, well, then those are the things we're going to ask for that line up with his will. And, and then the second key misunderstanding about prayer is that, you know, this thought that God should give us what we ask for if he loves us. In other words, the, the idea is that, that we are going to bend his will to, to us. God is not a divine vending machine, right? Where we, where we say the prayer, we push the button, and whoop, up pops the blessing, right? When we talk about prayer, John describes it as exactly the opposite, right? We're not, we're not in prayer bending his will to ours. We're Bending our will to his. Remember, prayer is a struggle. It's this wrestling match. It's this, this exercise, this stretch of our faith to get our will in line with his. And that lines up with all of these promises, right? In, in our text here today, he said, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. In John 14, he says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. In John 15, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. When we're in God's word, what are we going to be asking for? When we are guided by and molded by God's word and his will for us, then the things that we're asking for are those very things that he says are best for us, those very things that he has promised us. And so we know when we ask for those things that that's exactly what he gives us, and actually even more than that. Remember how he put it in the Sermon on the Mount? This is from Matthew 6. He said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. He'll give us everything good when we ask for what we need. Remember what he gave Solomon when Solomon asked God for wisdom? He gave him all the riches of the world. So let's not leave anything on the table. Let's not do what we sang in the, the first verse of our first hymn today. Oh, the peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Instead, let's pray, Lord, increase our faith. Know that he hears you. Know that he answers you. Know that you get to be in heaven forever with him. In Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed printed on page 12 in the bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. 
We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated. We pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us faith to approach you with confidence. Give us continued confidence in you throughout life's struggles, illnesses, and difficulties. We bring to you our tears and our joys, knowing you always hear us and you know everything that we need. Give us patient confidence as we await the day when we will see you face to face in heaven. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Almighty, you calm and console your people with the powerful words, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. Comfort and encourage Gail Burkhalter and her family who are going through a variety of challenges. Gail with a frozen shoulder, her mother who has entered hospice care, and her father's heart issues. Assure them that the waters of trouble will not sweep over them. In your time, bring them relief from their troubles. Use their troubles to bring them ever closer to you, that they might trust in you with confidence as they wait for your deliverance. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, chief shepherd of your flock, we thank you for the rich blessings you poured out on your servant, Pastor Aaron Strong, pastor of our sister congregation in Grace Lutheran in Milwaukee, who it has pleased you to call from this earthly life through a car accident to heavenly glory. For bringing him to faith, preserving him in faith and joy of regularly proclaiming your grace and peace to us, we give you thanks. Provide a special measure of comfort to his family and the congregation he served. Help them to rejoice in the eternal victory he shares with you, his shepherd and redeemer. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, comfort the family of our sister Carolyn Gehring whom you have now called to eternal glory in heaven. We praise you for making her your child in baptism and sustaining her faith through the good news about Jesus our Savior. We thank you for the blessings you brought to your church, her friends, and her family through her life of Christian service. May the peace and promise of your son's atoning sacrifice on the cross and his empty tomb bring assurance to the hearts of all who mourn Help us always to live in joyful anticipation of the day 
when you will call us from our graves, reunite us with Carolyn and all believers, and fill us with perfect bliss in your presence forever. Lord, in your mercy. Now hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. At this time, we will have our offering where we give in confidence for all that confidence that we have in God, our Savior. And at this time, too, they'll spread around the friendship registers. We ask you to fill those out for us as we continue to connect with you and bring you God's word in your lives. God be with you. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lived among us as a human being and revealed his glory as your only Son, full of grace and truth. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song.
Lord God, you are worthy to receive thanks and praise from all people. You created the world and all who live in it, and in your mercy, you saved us. We give thanks to you for the grace of your Son, Jesus Christ. Though in very nature God, he took the nature of a servant and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. He offered himself as a sacrifice for sin and redeemed us from its curse and penalty. He rescued us from the terrors of death and restored eternal life with you. He conquered our enemies and gained for us the kingdom of grace and glory. Bless us as we receive your son's body and blood and lead us to remember his suffering death and resurrection. Forgive our sins and fill us with the hope of new life in heaven. Hear our praise and receive our thanks as we worship you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given.